on a thousand planets and spreading out. Open the pod bay doors, Hal. Danger, Will Robinson. Danger. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird. It's a plane. To the Batmoles. May the force be with you. Who is that mask? Avengers, assemble. Good afternoon, and welcome to the Fantastic Forum. I'm Ulysses E. Campbell, and for the next hour, we're going to try to uh, excite, entertain, and inform and educate you with news, information, and exciting discussion about your favorite geeks. This is Fantastic Forum, and I'm darn glad you tuned in. First, some genre-related news before we get to today's discussion. Aquaman opened this week in the very lucrative China market. The movie earned the highest opening gross of any Warner Brothers movie with box office receipts of over $94 million. Aquaman debuts in another 40 foreign markets this week. The movie opens in the U.S. this coming Friday. New trailers dropped this week for upcoming Godzilla King of Monsters. Featuring reveals for Rodan, Mothra, and Ghidra, the three-headed monster, particularly. That movie opens domestically on May 31st, 2019. Marvel Comics teased some impending retconning this week with banners advertising the destruction of Marvel history. The first banner posed the question, who gave the Fantastic Four their powers? A second banner... Reference the classic Spider-Man No More story from Amazing Spider-Man Volume 1, Number 50, and suggested someone caused Peter Parker, who was determined to put aside his dual identity, to resume his career as the web-slinger. The banners appeared in advertisements for March 2019 solicitations from which specialty store owners select their comics orders. More on this story as it develops. Remembering legendary comics artist John Buscema this week. The late illustrator was born on December 11, 1927, and died in January of 2002. He was a most prolific artist who is best known for his work on Conan the Barbarian, The Avengers, The Silver Surfer, The Fantastic Four, and The Mighty Thor, among many others. He was the older brother of comics artist Sal Buscema. Today marks 40 years since the U.S. opening of Superman the Movie on December 15, 1978. The film, which stars Gene Hackman, as well as the late Marlon Brando, Christopher Reeve, and Margot Kidder, was nominated for three Academy Awards and was groundbreaking in its use of special effects and sci-fi fantasy storytelling. It was produced by Pierre Spangler, Ilya, and Alexander Salkind. The movie was the first big-budget Hollywood adaptation of a comic book property. Sir Richard Branson's Virgin Galactic successfully rocketed its Spaceship Two craft to the edge of space on Thursday. The test flight reached a height of 82.7 kilometers before returning safely to the ground. It was Virgin Galactic's fourth test flight. The ship carried two pilots and a mannequin stand-in for a passenger. The objective is to offer suborbital tourist flights. Virgin Galactic charges $250,000 for a ticket and says that 600 people have purchased or put down deposits on eventual flights. Also, if you happen to check out the Fantastic Forum Facebook page, you can see your first look at thunder, sorry, excuse me, lightning from uh, Black Lightning. Uh, this is uh, his other daughter. Of course, he's got a daughter who is thunder. He's got another daughter who is lightning. And uh, we've got a picture. So uh, while you're there, if you haven't already liked us on Facebook, like us 
and follow us on Twitter. We love to be liked and we like to be followed. The CW Elseworlds crossover was earlier this week. We're talking about that and a whole lot more on today's show. But first, I'm going to introduce my panelists for today. Joining me in studio is the Redoubtable. Or were you the Illustrious? Well, you're going to be the Redoubtable today. Um, uh, Drew Bittner. Hello, everybody. (laughs) Yeah, boy, I can't have those brain farts. All right, and through the miracle of technology, uh, we have... Oh, he's the Redoubtable. The Redoubtable, Roberto Ortiz... And uh, a newcomer to the Fantastic Forum Pantheon, MC Brooks. He is better known as being with the Great Geek Refuge, but today he's with us. Welcome, gentlemen. Welcome. Thank you. Nice to be here. Hey, it's nice to have you. Thanks so much. Anyway, look, so uh, I thought that we would start out by talking a little bit about that uh, CW Elseworlds crossover. Um, I don't know about y'all, but I loved it. I I just couldn't get enough of that. I I tuned it, and ordinarily, what I do is I I record those shows, and then I watch them. Uh, I think I waited about 10 minutes, so I wouldn't have to wait for any commercials, and then I started playing the thing on my DVR on uh, Sunday night. But I was so hyped because... Uh, there's a lot. Well, okay, and and um, let me just explain that part of my excitement was because we were going to see Batwoman for the first time, and I actually wondered how many people out there in TV land were like, "Oh, it's Batgirl," and I'm like, eh, "No, it's not." But you know, those people were out there. So, uh, but yeah, in addition to that, the fact that um, we got to see Lois Lane for the first time. And uh, I think that bodes well, because that also means that there is the possibility, dare I say even the likelihood, that we will end up with a uh, Superman series on the CW, which... Uh, with Jonathan Kent, no uh, Well, uh, you know, uh, you, you never know what you're liable to get. But, yeah, so we were seeing characters that we hadn't seen uh, at all on the CW, and that's one of the things that these uh, DC television shows are great for. It's their introduction, you know, sort of providing a um, a point of entry for fans into the DC universe. Uh, mm-hmm. Okay, Drew, you look like you have thoughts. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Huh. Well, clearly, we lost somebody along the way. <laughs> that sounds, sounds like it. So, yeah. All right. Yeah. So, um, well, my thoughts. I liked the crossover. I thought it was really good. Mm-hmm. It, it, it lays the groundwork for some cool stuff going forward. Um, we get to see these characters interact again. There was a nice throwaway line in Legends of Tomorrow referencing that, you know, yeah, we've got phone calls from Kara and Barry and Oliver. It's like, oh, and yeah. And they, they weren't even a part of it. <laughs> and, and they weren't even a part. And Ray just says, oh, it's mm. the annual crossover. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, really? He literally says, yes, it's the annual crossover. Uh, excuse me. Ray, also known as Superman. No, no, no. You know? well, the, the Adam. In this. Oh, oh, yeah, yes. Well, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, yes. Yeah. yeah, I was saying. But, you know, yes. but he played Superman. He did. In that Superman reboot. He did. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I don't know if we're going to get a Superman series out of this. It sounds like they're going to take him out of the out of the world for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, they will reintroduce him next year during the big event that they announced at the very very end of the crossover, and um, we'll see what happens after that. But I, I have the feeling that uh, they're kind of setting up um, setting up a few things to happen next year, next fall. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, and they teased uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths uh, at the conclusion of mm-hmm. all that. Uh, yeah, so which I which I also thought was, was that, pretty cool. And that pays off something that they've been building up in Flash, you know, because this season they talked about how Flash disappeared during a crisis, you know, sometime in the future. So. Yes, they did. Indeed, they yep. did. Yeah. Well, so. Yuli, don't forget specifically what happened during the crisis to both uh, Flash and Supergirl. And yes, and they referenced that too. Mm-hmm. Yes, they did in a big way. Uh, and they basically were dropping anvils in terms of 
in preparation for crisis. I mean, the mere fact that you have the anti-monitor on it, which was incredible, the mere fact that you have the psycho pirate on it, which is, like, again, incredible. I mean, it's amazing that basically they're going to pull the stunt of pulling crisis. But here's the theory that I have. Have you noticed how many characters who played previous superheroes they've been hiring on this show that are pulling double duty, that they're basically doing dual characters? Like uh, the guy who basically plays uh, the Flash from the 90s who was in this one. And as you mentioned correctly, Ray Palmer basically is also Superman from the movies. Yeah. It would be awesome specifically that all these characters that they, these actors basically have been played the characters before, they use them to play those older characters. Like, like Supergirl, like uh, like uh, Superman with Dean Cain. Um, uh, that would be awesome, and I think they got you to pull it off. Uh, uh, you know, I, I, I it, it wouldn't kill me if Dean Cain didn't do any more Superman. <laughs> that was, <laughs> I was, I was not a particularly big believer in that, and uh, I, in I fact, I never even, I never, yeah, I never even watched that show, that Lois and Clark thing. Wow. Now, yeah, now I do like the fact that they've got um, Helen Slater as uh, Supergirl's yeah. mother. I, yeah. I like that, and I like the fact that they got John Wesley Shipp. Uh, as the Flash. In fact, it was really great seeing him reprise his role as the Flash, although he had about that much to do in that yeah, thing, yeah. you know. And they actually had characters they had, they had characters from that Flash, that version of the Flash that were seen killed in that little yep. teaser bit that introduced, you know, that Flash and the Anti-Monitor, mm -hmm. or, or the Monitor. Well, and, and, uh, and uh, yeah, there's, yeah, go there's on, some Smallville in mm -hmm. that as well. Like in the background, you could see the the Green Arrow from Smallville is one of the characters that was killed. Yeah, uh, He's yeah. right. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and they have on the Flash on the CW's Flash, they've used a lot of people uh, who have been on the original Flash. Uh, in fact, frequently even referring to them by their character names from that uh, original Flash series on CBS back in '91. Um, Tina McGee, you know, yeah. uh, you know, they've had her uh, uh, Officer Bellows, who was the mayor, and you know, stuff like that. So it's it's. Uh, in fact, shoot, they had in in one of those. Um, a crossover type things, or I think it was no, it was when he Flashpoint, and they had oh, the yeah, guy yeah. who played Julio Mendez, yeah. you know, was uh, you know with the GCPD, you know, or CCPD. I'm sorry, yeah, CCGC. What you know? Now, I mean, the, th <laughs> the thing to me is that I mean, these crossovers are really not just huge amounts of fan service and Easter eggs and so on, but they're extremely difficult to pull off. And I really have to give Greg Berlanti credit for for be being willing to go there. Um, you know, the Elseworlds thing was a little bit pared down because it was a three-night event, not a four-night. But I have the feeling that that's sort of laying the groundwork for a crisis to be a right, yeah. a, a much bigger yep. story. I think this will be like a at least a two-week event. And I also think it will drag in Black Lightning. I think it will involve the Batwoman show when that gets going. And I also think it will be the end of How Arrow. About the DC Universe? How about the DC Universe shows, it, like yeah. uh, Titans? Titan, yeah, I think Titans could end up being part of it. I mean, they could really go in a ton of different directions, considering how much content, how many uh, characters they have to pick from with all their different shows. They have an awful lot of characters, but the the difficulty with bringing in from to something from the DC universe is that's a streaming service. It is subscriber based, and you have to require your mass audience to join in and do that. Unless they're playing some sort of promo where they say we're going to make this free for a week. You know, go ahead and try it, and that you'll, then you'll see the Titans segment, the Doom Patrol segment, all these other things that factor in. Hmm. But otherwise, you're going to require them to buy a, a membership. Well, yeah. now, actually, Drew, and that, I, that, well, I'll go you one better. What you do is you include the... You include the Titans uh, as part, and maybe the Doom Patrol as part of this crossover, and hopefully you use that as an incentive to get people to want to subscribe to mm. the DC Universe yep. thing. Absolutely. You know, yep. I mean, you 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 know, give them some of that exclusive content and tease it a little bit. You know, yeah. Mm -hmm. yep. I, I there's many ways you can do it since you're dealing with a multiverse, also. So like that, you can just pick a random Earth for any of these characters to, to come from. And I also think, like I said before, um, this is going to involve all these shows. I think it'll be the end of Arrow. 
And I think coming out of it, we'll see all these shows on one world. Hmm. Well, and that would be I good. I can see that. Yeah, yeah, and that's sort of in line with what they did on the original Crisis anyway. I yeah. mean, it, it, it consolidated all of their history uh, into essentially one Earth. But, you know, uh, at the end, uh, uh, there will be spoilers in case uh, you uh, <laughs> didn't guess. Oh, but before I do that... You're listening to Fantastic Forum on WERA 96.7 FM. I'm Ulysses E. Campbell. I'm joined today by Drew Bittner, Roberto Ortiz, and M.C. Brooks. We're talking, at least initially, about the CW Elseworlds crossover that aired uh, just this past week on the CW uh, between The Flash... Supergirl and Arrow as part of the Arrowverse. So what I was alluding to is the fact that there was some fishiness with Arrow and the Monitor because Superman had seen in that book that changed time and space that Supergirl and the Flash would die if they attempted to turn back time. And it looked as if... Green Arrow made some sort of arrangement Mm -hmm. with the monitor to see if he couldn't uh, forestall that somehow, you know, and and then the Flash and Supergirl didn't die. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think that part of that is going to involve, well, that's that's sort of why I think that this is going to see the end of Arrow. Hmm. I think that, you know, that this is, this is putting... Oliver Queen in the position of being the guy who puts it all on the line and sacrifices himself because he's the one that figured it out. He's the one that said, this is not about how strong we are. Hmm. This is about how good we are. Hmm. Are, we, are we willing to do the things we need to do, even if it compromises our moral principles in order to win? And if that's the case, do we deserve to win? And that's, that was kind of the key of his argument, hmm. you know, and the, and the monitor was aligned with that. Uh, yes, uh, he absolutely seems sensitive to it. Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah. Well, and and it's sort of. Um, I mean, I'm not exactly totally ready to segue here because, uh, and actually, no, I'm not. I, I so before I even get to that, there was so much great stuff on each one of those episodes. I mean, yeah. of course, I loved seeing Batwoman. Ruby Rose as Batwoman. She's was, gonna be great. Yeah, She's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. The only She's thing I didn't fast. like. Was how they're like, yes, I'm Bruce Wayne's cousin. No, you're not. <laughs> Kathy Cade <laughs> is not Bruce Wayne's cousin. But yes, she is. no, she's not. <laughs> I think I think the original Kathy Kane from the fifties was Bruce Wayne's relative or something or something. Oh well, that but, could be. But the oh, more okay. recent versions of yeah, her she's are not, no relation. Not exactly. Yeah, the Kane family. Okay. Yeah. So, so yeah. That, um, here's the question: Is the Batman that they were showing in there was that the Batman from the movie? Because it's Chicago, basically, it's Gotham City. And more or less, it coincides with the amount of time Batman has been retired, in quotes. Yep. So, is that the same Batman? Uh, I have that, no idea. The, yeah, that's been one of the really prevailing theories I've heard in, in the last couple of weeks about them associating the Nolanverse with, with the Arrowverse. And, I mean, it, it's a really fun theory to, to really think about. You know, it's been a couple years since, you know, the Dark, Knight, the Dark Knight Rises. Batman's retired. It's why he hasn't been in, in Gotham all the time. It's why Gotham has, you know, gone to crap in that time period. I mean, it's really fun. I, I mean, uh, we had Bane's mask inside of uh, mm-hmm. Arkham Asylum. I saw that, and it was the movie Mask. Yeah. Yeah, yep. I noticed yep. that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So I don't know, Roberto. You could be onto something in terms of and that, and no, and no reference to the Joker. Wait, no reference to the Joker. Wait, wasn't the Joker one of those uh, Arkham Asylum guys? Nope. Who was? Uh, uh, nope. I, he okay. was not. He was not in Arkham, and his name was not on one of the doors either. Not wow. On the doors, no. Okay. All right. So, I, I could have sworn that I had seen the Joker running around. Actually, it was a preview where I thought I saw the Joker running go. around. I think it's kind of funny that uh, a little a little Easter egg that uh, slipped by some people was the name the numbering of the Earths, like the Earth really? that yeah. the Earth that Superman yep. and Supergirl is on is Earth thirty eight. The Earth that the Flash, mm. you know, John John Wesley Ship came from is Earth, Earth 90. ninety. Oh yeah, is yeah. in nineteen ninety. <laughs> yeah, you know. So and Earth thirty eight. Oh, in thirty eight, nineteen thirty eight. Yes, is so, the origin year of Superman. Okay. I think it just went like whoosh, right over people's heads. But yeah, it went over my head. <laughs> 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 Appreciate you pointing that out, dude. I'm yeah, like, wait, yeah. what? Earth 90? Well, how come you got to be from Earth 90? Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Here's yeah. the question I have. When the show goes to series, are they going to film in Chicago or not? 
why? I mean, almost for, all these things are filmed in like Vancouver yeah. or whatever. So yeah, it's Vancouver. I think, for yeah. Bat, it, I think it would make a lot of sense for Batwoman though, because I mean, you don't want it to mirror the other shows that the other shows that they have on the CW. I mean, them filming in Chicago. It, I mean, it looked a lot like what you might imagine a Gotham City to look like. I think. So, I mean, just, I, I think they're filming other places. <laughs> wait, so so um, that Gotham City stuff was that was actually Chicago? Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Well, and you know, it sort of stands to reason because that's what they do on Black Lightning. That shot in Atlanta, mm. and so mm -hmm. you know, I mean, because that's supposed to Freeland. You know, that's supposed to be like another place and another look. And, uh, you know, so that, hey, why not if you're going to now? Okay. Yeah. But, but uh, so the question is, I mean, I remember they uh, cast a Batwoman with the eye towards possibly develop, developing a, a series. I, I suppose the response has been very robust enough. Yeah. That they can actually yeah. consider doing that. Huh. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And Ruby Which Rose is a great actress. So Yes. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I, I think what they would do with the Batwoman show also is I don't I don't even think they would launch her show in the fall just because it, it would it would be kind of hard to introduce a new character and uh, you know introduce new villains and whatnot for her then have to shift away from all of that just to do this giant crossover and then try to focus back on that I think what they would probably do with her show I don't even think her show would even debut next year until pro probably after the crossover where then you could really dive into her her backstory and then really set up her story and her universe. Well, Maybe her show is a replacement for Arrow. I mean, pretty much. Hmm. It's, hmm. It's well, I hadn't thought about that. Could, <laughs> that would yeah. be interesting, but and, and yeah. possible, possible. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, it, it. I just think from a story perspective, it, it would it would make sense. I mean, if they found a way to 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 work it, where they could just do her story. I mean, uh, like start her off in the fall. Then you know I'm I'm all for it. I, I'm never against another superhero show, but I, I think I I foresee that making a bit more sense. Because uh, I mean, if they were to do a shorter series. like a shorter season and instead of doing like the series. 22 episodes, hmm. they're gonna do something with Superman specifically. The reason they introduced the idea of her being pregnant off planet Nolan is that they're gonna age up that kid. They're gonna basically be in Argo City for. My theory, minimum 11 years. And they're going to basically hand wave that with Newton, uh, with uh, Einsteinian physics and say basically that the time goes there different, whatever. And that's how basically they're going to introduce a teenager, Jonathan Kent. And, they yep. and it will work specifically as a show because it hits specifically the target audience that CW likes, which is teenagers. Hmm. <laughs> yep. Maybe. I, Maybe. I could absolutely see that because, I mean, there have been rumors for them possibly trying to do a superman show for a couple months now and that that could actually make a ton of sense if they don't if they if it's a superman show that isn't even totally focused on superman as the main yeah. protagonist do you know do you know one thing i could see them doing that i think would be kind of interesting and kind of different would be to spin that out of an episode of legends of tomorrow where the yeah. legends bump forward a few years and they meet john kent and the you know the kents living in Hamilton County or wherever they were on the farm and that's how we launched the Super Sons. So yep. hmm. and, that and, could and be interesting. A, a, and also think about them introducing the farm. It's a way of them kicking the tires. It's like, hmm, hmm we could do it here. <laughs> yeah. Why not? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well and the other thing I'd be curious to go ahead. No no go on Brooks. I was gonna say, I'd be really curious to see how they would even do that because I don't know how anyone else here feels, but I feel like Legends is kind of on its last legs. Like I'm not sure what they could even do past. Like I haven't really been watching this season in particular, but I'm not really sure what kind of story arc they could go that would be worthy of them having another season past this one. Well, I mean, this season has really been all about hunting down magical creatures, and they've really gone more, gone stronger into the Time Bureau and into you know, Sarah and Ava's relationship and Hank having a relationship with his dad, who's played by Tom Wilson from Back to the Future. So there's a, mm, a time travel connection there, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, think about that. That's, we've got Biff from Back to the Future in a time travel show. This is not an accident, folks. <laughs> this is not a mistake. Thomas F. Wilson being in that show is not a, is not a mistake. It's, it's very purposeful. But... Um, 
But the thing is that every season of, of Legends, and I enjoy the show, I think it's really been good, is this season is really about magic and about including Constantine and about all these other things. Next season could be space adventure. Next season could be, you know, voyaging into the the Adam's subatomic universe or anything. They, they can really do almost anything with these characters because they're the ones that can go anywhere and do anything. They're not tied to this time, this place. They have to be right here, right now, in you know, Central City or Gotham City or Star City or Metropolis or whatever, doing these rote things. They can do pretty much anything. Well, and it yeah. seems as if uh, they have been willing to make a lot of changes on that show. I, I quit. I bailed on uh, Legends of Tomorrow <laughs> after like the first season and a half. First season um, was not the was not was not great. Yeah, I'll, that's, I'll, I'll give that's it. That's yeah, why it I bailed on but, it. But, you but, know, but, but I never the, gave back. But the, but the second, but the second and third <laughs> seasons were a lot better. You know, yeah, and if you're I, willing to hang on, see, it was the same thing with me and Gotham. I bailed on that. You know, I never, and, I never got started on Gotham, yeah. unfortunately. Well, well, well yeah, but here's the thing. At least my perception has been that the characters are different now than they were at the start. They've yeah. cycled some people on. They've cycled some people off. They've been willing to and and. A show with a format like that would be perfect for what you're describing of, oh, okay, well now, yeah, we're showing uh, Superman and Lois and their teenage son or even their preteen son. Because one of the things, and in fact, I want to say um, they, they teased it before Rebirth because uh, I think the kid ended up being like General Zod's son who came out of the Phantom Zone or something. Yeah, Lord Zod. And, yeah. and uh, so Su he was hanging around with Superman and influenced yeah. and Superman and Lois, and they were kind of raising him as their own, you know, um, a la uh, Worf becoming a single parent on Star Trek The Next Generation. Yes. You know, this kind of thing. Uh, you know, it is is timely and popular. So, but then that Lorazad thing came to an end. But as I read, didn't they do something with Rebirth where now Lois and uh, Superman did have a kid? Yes. And yeah, okay, yeah. Yes. So they, they broke mm -hmm. they broke Superman into two, into two characters. There was mm -hmm. the young Superman who was single, living in Metropolis, being Clark Kent, writing for the the Daily Planet, and then later for Cat Catropolis, which was this website. And then there was the mm -hmm. other Superman who was married to Lois, keeping a low profile, not doing a superhero thing, who had a, a young son named John. So there were these two characters. And then they fused them back together. Hmm. And oh, now the Supermans. Yes. And now, oh, there's, now okay. there's only one Clark Kent, there's only one Lois Lane, and there is John Kent, who is still around. So, and how old is John Kent? Like 11, 12. Oh, okay, yeah. So well, I, that's going to change now because, of course, uh, Bendis being Bendis. Has to fix that, so he's going to age. Uh, the rumors say he's going to age. They're they're changing things around. They're they're bringing back Connor Kent in the pages of Young Justice, which is coming up soon. So there'll be plenty of Superboys to go around. So yeah. you know, don't worry about that. <laughs> yeah. Well, and one of the things that I think is interesting about uh, what the CW has done is uh, the fact that, I mean, time was you only had shows about. The lead, you know, the, the, the top lead characters. It was going to be Superman. It was going to be Batman. You know, but they've done Supergirl. They've done uh, Legends of Tomorrow. They've done, you know, looking at doing Batwoman. I mean, this is... And in fact, it's like you can't buy a show about these lead characters anymore, you know? So I, I would, I would bet you it's because of two things. I'd say, first of all, Warner Brothers does not yep. want their main characters on television. They want them there yep. to do movies. That's so there won't be opinion. there yep. won't be a Superman, there won't be a Batman, there won't be a Wonder Woman TV show. Not not starring those that, that characters. Be, uh, that might be changing specifically with Superman, and that might be changing with Batman. It's it's Batman possible given given the given the track record of their movies over the last few years. I would not be surprised, but I think that's yeah. where they're at. And the second thing is that frankly, you have a lot more latitude to play with these B-list characters. You have a lot more you can do with them. You can you can kill them off if you want to, and that's how it goes. Hmm. Well, I mean, you could conceivably do some of that stuff with the A-list characters, but um, we'll come to that in just a second. That musical cue means that it is time for us to take a quick break. Of course, Fantastic Forum is coming to you via WERA 96.7 FM in Arlington. We are non-commercial. We rely on the ongoing generosity of our underwriters, our sponsors, and listeners like you for the totality of the operation of the radio station. But WERA is also a place where you can get involved. Visit the website at WERA.FM 
find out about the classes that are available, how you can actually put an application in to have your very own radio show on terrestrial radio or the myriad other ways you can get involved. So I'm Ulysses E. Campbell. This is Fantastic Forum. We're going to step aside for just a moment to acknowledge our underwriters and to promote some of the other fine WERA shows coming up tonight. But stick around, because I'll be back with more Fantastic Forum right after this. And welcome back to the Fantastic Forum here on WERA 96.7 FM. I'm Ulysses E. Campbell. I'm joined today by Drew Bittner, Roberto Ortiz, and MC Brooks. We've been talking about the Elseworlds crossover on the CW that took place last week. And uh, I'm not quite done whipping that dead horse. I did want to ask you guys because this sure. is this this seems like a big deal to me, okay? Because um, you've got well, uh, now here here what I'm going to say is a big deal <laughs> because uh, <laughs> you've got DC, which right now seems to be ruling the roost in terms of television. Now, one of the things that we had sort of referenced uh, during the last part of the conversation is how. Um, DC is uh, being forward-thinking in terms of what they're doing, and they're introducing uh, some of these other characters, uh, you know, some of the background, you know, BC-list characters, D-list, and they have been very reluctant to put their A-list characters on the television, wanting to save those for movies. But right now you've got uh, Marvel that is kicking butt with the movies, and, um, uh, of course... There's uh, a bit of a schism in that uh, Marvel has had some success with their streaming programming on Netflix, but now all that's going away. Evidently, uh, issues between Kevin Feige and the Marvel Cinematic Universe producers uh, are absolutely going to kill the Marvel streaming television producers and those characters. But um, what I'd like to find out from each of you is... Because uh, it's clear that Marvel's movies are doing a lot better than DC's movies. Uh, you know, Wonder Woman was something of an aberration. Uh, we have yet to see in terms of what happens with Aquaman. Although, it's doing very well yeah. overseas right now. Uh, so, the sequel just got green-lighted, for crying out loud. Oh, uh, really? Yeah, you know, oh, wow. Mm. Well, hey, <laughs> yeah, well, it, you know, you have a $100 million opening in China, you know, and they're like, hey, it's going gonna, it's gonna to do well enough to warrant a sequel. But my question is, why? Why is it that the Marvel films are doing so much better than the DC films? Brooks, you start. Uh, well, first wow. thing I'll say is, they're 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 not ruling DC, they're not ruling the animated films because DC is absolutely kicking Marvel's butt there. But as far as uh, it, it just seems like Marvel had a clear cut plan from the beginning as far as their their cinematic universe and what they actually wanted to do, and DC just wasn't really interested in that originally. And then by the time they decided they wanted to actually get involved in that game, instead of taking their time to set up a universe, they were just like. We're just gonna rush everything. All right, Superman, cool. That's that's done. All right, now uh, Superman and Batman, cool. Justice League. Oh wait, Wonder Woman and Justice League, and they're just they're just throwing the stuff out there and just rushing stuff through without taking the time that they should take to not only create good stories but set up a really good universe to where when you finally do a Justice League movie, it can be something that's really awesome for people to see. And it's not just it doesn't look like something that they just threw together last minute because they saw how much money Marvel was making with the Avengers. Okay, um, so so lack of planning is what you would say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I I don't I don't think that they've had a clear plan as far as what they wanted to do with the extended universe. And because the movies have done so poorly, now instead of even continuing um, their extended universe, they're greenlighting all of these solo films that don't seem to be. Uh, part of this part of this universe, you know, they, they're green. They greenly they greenly the um, a Supergirl movie that's coming. You have the Birds of Prey movie that's coming. You have two different Joker movies that are that are coming out. 
uh, but that are both unrelated to the Suicide Squad Joker. Uh, and, and they're also doing a Black Adam movie that is not related to the Shazam movie that's coming out. And uh, apparently, I, I, that one. Oh, sorry. The, no, no, yeah. movie, the Black Adam movie, yes. The, the character basically will be related, but he will not be showing up in Shazam. That's my understanding. Okay, well, well yeah, wait yeah, a minute. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. He's not. He's not going to be. He's not going to be in the Shazam film at all. But they they haven't even indicated if they're if like if that's even if they're even part of the same universe or if this is something that's going to be isolated, you know, like because they're green they're green lighting all of these movies, and none of them seem to be part of the extent their extended universe, and so I mean that again I don't think they know what they're doing as far as a, uh, their extended universe, so now they're just trying to throw stuff against the wall and see what works and trying to go from there. Okay. All right, Roberto, uh, what about you? Why do you, uh, and try and stay on topic here, why do you think <laughs> that the uh, the Marvel pictures uh, are being so much uh, better, more well-received, shall we say, than the well, DC movies? Well, there's a couple of things. I'm a bit more optimistic, actually way more optimistic, specifically about the future of DC Comics. Well, no, no, I didn't ask you about the future. I asked you about, about the, the here and now. Now, the here and now, why is it that these Marvel movies have been better received than the DC movies? And I'm going to that. Specifically, the management who was in charge of making the decisions in terms of the movies that were going to be greenlighted or not was not the adequate one. Warner Brothers, basically, it's an old-school uh, studio, specifically in terms of how they handle IP, um, specifically the superheroes IP. They, yeah, IP, that being intellectual that was, property. Yes. Mm -hmm. They saw that always as the redheaded stepchild. Disney, as a company, one of the things that they have done very smart, and this is in their freaking DNA, is that they understand the concept of intellectual property and characters. Well, yeah, but uh, the Marvel movies had been doing well way before DC, before Disney bought them. And it, that's why, basically, the, the reason Disney has been so smart in terms of handling them now is because that type of mentality accumulate, um, paired itself well with the corporate culture. That model, Kevin Feige, basically, when he approached this, he had a very, as yeah, the previous commenter correctly said, had a very clear vision of what he wanted to do, which is one a cohesive, uh, linear universe. He had a very concise plan how he was going to pull it out. And this bastard has like a 10-year plan in terms of what he wants to do in the future. Um, Hollywood basically tends to be a town of reacting to trends. And remember like a, a year and a half ago or two years ago when everybody wanted to do their own shared universe? That's a response to that. And Warner Bros. basically wanted to respond specifically to the superhero without understanding how important the intellectual property that they had, like Superman and Batman, are uh, in terms of the film division. I'm not, and when I'm saying this, it's way more clear. I'm not saying that the animation division doesn't get importance of the IP. The television division gets importance of the IP. It's a movie division which has a completely different set of executives with a completely different culture who didn't get it. Okay, so you're 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 yeah you're saying sort of the same thing as Brooks, like they Marvel planned it better. All right, wait, wait, Drew, what do you think? I think that the key difference comes down to the people at the top of the pyramid here. I think that Kevin yeah. Feige understands yep. this stuff and he gets it and he embraces it. And I don't know that he had a ten or twelve or thirty year plan in his back pocket walking in. I think what he had was we're going to make Iron Man and we're going to lay down a marker for future films. And we're going to see how we can get all these things to click together. And that's been very, very successful. And he's, he's built on that plan beautifully. Now, yes, yes. in the Warner Brothers case, they backed the wrong horse. They gave this to... <laughs> oh God, yes. I mean, I first, well, first, first of all, they had Green Lantern, which was really their first attempt at launching you their know, version I, of the Marvel I, everybody Universe. Everybody talks about Green Lantern. I... I, I enjoyed that movie. It's I, not, I didn't hate Green was Lantern. He was a freaking cloud. We're crying out loud. It's, it's not... Clouds eating well, stuff. Why? 
Why? God, why? <laughs> the, well, the, the, the point I'd like to make about Green Lantern is not that it's a terrible movie. I don't think it's a terrible movie. I just don't think it's the kind of film that you can use as a launch board for mm. other movies. Mm. Yeah. I don't, yes. think it, I don't think it lends itself to being what Iron Man was to Marvel. And mm. that's and that's a problem. And I think that since then, they've backed the wrong horse in getting Christopher Nolan and Zack Snyder to be the architects of their universe. I think they got things off to a very bad start with Man of Steel. I think they compounded it with, you know, Batman v Superman. I think that mm. that I think that that lo- that ongoing loss of credibility with the fans is what killed um, Justice League. It kept it from being the film that it could have been. Mm. And frankly, they're in a situation right now where they don't have the fans giving them the benefit of the doubt. So the DC movie enterprise is suffering badly. Um, I think they actually have, they can only go up. And honestly, the and the movies that they have on the pipeline, exciting. Well, yeah, but wait, whoa, 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 no, no, no. That's not, that's not what we're on. talking about yet. Hold on. <laughs> that's yeah, not I mean, what we're talking about. And <laughs> I, and I appreciate your optimism. I share it, but. Um, uh, let, let, let me weigh in also because I agree with all of you, and I and I've been saying this for years because uh, somebody had made the point about Warner Brothers being old Hollywood and Hollywood, and it was uh, you, Roberto, but Hollywood being a very reactionary sort of town, and we saw. A couple of years ago, all of a sudden, everybody wanted to do this shared universe thing, but they're being imitative. It's like, oh, Marvel has the shared yeah. universe. If we do a shared universe, we can make who gobs and who gobs of money. I also agree with what you all are saying in terms of there being a general lack of understanding with regard to the IP. I think that there is a reason that Superman and Batman and these various other characters have been as popular as they have for 80 years now, and uh, it, it, the the people at the top don't understand it they don't recognize it they're not prepared to react uh, today happens to be to today i'm glad you're talking about that's what i'm getting ready to say mm-hmm. superman okay perfect example today is 40 years to the day that that movie was released nationwide okay now and i was there all right and i was excited because i was ready at that point for the Justice League, like, no, come on, let's do it. You, Wonder Woman was still on television with Linda Carter. You had, uh, you weren't that far away from Batman with Adam West on ABC. Green Lantern is just some animation effects. Hey, let's do the Justice League. We can do this now. But instead, what did they do? You got Superman 2, which wasn't a bad movie, but you got Superman 3, which was Superman 4. And then when you finally got the Batman movies coming out, same thing. Endless cycle of sequels, Batman, Batman Returns, Batman Forever. That's all Warner Brothers knew how to do. They didn't understand how to do this thing where they were inventive and innovative like Marvel did in terms... And and in fact, but I'll tell you what, Marvel, everybody's given them this credit for planning. They didn't exactly plan that. They stumbled into it. The first Iron Man movie, that was an indie feature. Yeah. And so they were like... And and fortunately, uh, you know, they had... um, What's his face John directing? Favreau. Favreau, thank you, yeah. directing it. And he was like, I'm just going to do whatever I want. He understood the character. He put something wonderful together. And then somebody had the inspired idea to throw in Samuel L. Jackson, you know, like from the <laughs> Ultimates, you know, in there at the end. Yeah. And all of a sudden the thing caught fire. And they were like, hey, wait, we've got something here. So I, I'm going to give Marvel a little bit of credit. But part of what it's going to be is going to be that they were in the right place at the right time with the right stuff. Now, you're listening to Fantastic Forum on WERA 96.7 FM. I'm Ulysses E. Campbell. I'm joined on today's show by Drew Bittner, Roberto Ortiz, and M.C. Brooks. And we're talking about uh, comic book television shows, talking about comic book movies. We're talking about the popularity of Marvel versus DC. Now, we can talk about where DC is going and the prospects (laughs) for them doing it right because Wonder Woman I think they fell into that but they got Patty Jenkins who was a big fan of the character that movie I hey I had Shireen Nicole I don't know if you're listening I know you don't like it as much <laughs> but doggone it that was a good movie uh, also they've had some stuff where I mean Justice League wasn't horrible all right you you stumbled into it I mean I absolutely think that Chris Nolan and um, 
Who's the other guy? Zack we were Snyder. Zack Snyder. Zack they Snyder. were not the guys, but the whole reason they were there was because they had made a bunch of. Well, Chris Nolan had made a bunch of money with the Batman movies, and you got to understand the the characters. But Warner is like, oh, you made us a ton of money. You're in charge. So, which is terrible. Yes, it's That's it's a bad idea. It's just yes. terrible. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Yep. But we've seen this trailer for Shazam, which looks like that's going to be a great movie. There's every reason to believe that Aquaman is going to be a great movie. So, hey, maybe they maybe they get it. Maybe things are going to get better for them. And what have do you, you heard that rumor yeah. about the Wonder Woman Flashpoint? Wonder Woman Flashpoint. No, I have not. What's what's that? Okay. You know Flashpoint, right? Everybody knows Flashpoint, yes. right? Yeah. DC has been itching to do a soft reboot for a while. The rumor going around from Hollywood is that the reason Wonder Woman was pushed forward in time is not that the movie's having problems. You mean the release like date? The release date, yes. Yeah. Is that they're going to retcon the Flashpoint storyline into Wonder Woman. Hmm. Hmm. And hmm. specifically that the Flashpoint event, come on, guys, what do you think is going to be? Easy. I don't know. Trevor, in 1984, coming back to life. Well, it could be. You know, I, I mean, certainly... That's a rumor. He's, he, I mean, this is from good sources. Look, I know. Uh, he, he, he Originally, wasn't the plan, but when the Flash movie fell through, they realized they still wanted to do a soft reboot, and they want to get rid of Cabo for a whole bunch of political reasons he's an ass in real life. And they want to get rid of Affleck, too. They want to basically recast Well, Affleck didn't want to do it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he was like, he looks I made a mistake. Oh, my goodness. He's I gone, thought playing Batman was going to be, yeah. He's going back and yeah. forth. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Know. So it, doesn't, it, does, not, it does not hurt. I mean, Roberto, I think, I think you're, you may be onto something. It does not hurt them to want to basically wipe the slate and say, okay, we are starting all over again and here's what we're doing and maybe start a new Justice League movie. Mm. You know, just do like, yeah. okay, and here's how we introduce new Superman, new Batman, new Flash, new Green Lantern, all at the same time. Bam, they're there and we're going to spin Aquaman them off from there. And keeping Wonder Woman. Well, actually, yeah, you, you know <laughs> who's in danger of rebooting everything is Marvel now. You know, one of the yeah. things about DC yeah. characters, and again, it's it's the fact that the DC characters are all about 25 years older than the Marvel characters. You've had a ton of actors and actresses who have played these characters to the point where no Superman is not associated in the minds of the general public at this point uh, with one actor, despite the fact that, Agreed. you know, but conversely, yep. oh, my goodness, try and put somebody else in that armor that is not Robert Downey Jr. Try and have somebody else carrying a shield around who is not Chris Evans. Marvel is getting ready to be the victim of their own success. Yes. And I, mean, I don't know yep. I, I don't know how they fix that. I mean, because I don't know how well a reboot is going to be received by the public that is so enamored and so invested I in think, these characters. I think, the, the answer, I, the I think that's a big reason why, why uh, one, they're having Spider-Man uh, Far From Home. That's going to be the first film that they do from Phase 4. But what's also mm-hmm. interesting, too, is the same month that uh, Far From Home comes out is also San Diego Comic-Con. And Marvel, ah. even though they didn't have a panel this year, Next year is supposed to be the year where they reveal all of their big Phase 4 plans, both for uh, their cinematic universe, but also their streaming service as well. So well, will Spider-Man I think, stay with them? That's a question we're yeah. has to ask, because the last movie of the deal is that one. Which no, no, no they, they have a trilogy, actually, because yeah. uh, Tom, Holl- Tom Holland revealed in an interview recently... Uh, that he's already signed on for a third Spider-Man film. Mm-hmm. No, I know he signed then, on for the movie, but the problem, uh, from, from what I understand specifically with the deal with what they did with uh, with them, is that yes, he signed on to do another Spider-Man movie, but the deal with Sony is is fulfilled with the last Avenger, the next Avengers movie, and Far From Home. I think no, I think it's a six I think it's a six film deal, Roberto, not a five film deal. Because yeah. I mean, we're talking Civil War, Avengers, you know, um, Infinity War, Avengers Endgame, Spider Man Homecoming, Spider Man Far From Home, and then a final Spider Man. Yeah, whatever the, the third trilogy. one. Yeah, and and they're also expected to re up their de- to to re to attempt to re up their deal so that they can keep Spider Man 
as as part of as part of their universe and, going forward. And also, why, and why would Sony not do that? This has been great for them. You know, yep. Sony's doing great. Venom. Yeah. Here's part of what affects that deal. Venom. Venom well, there's there's been really there's was, there was a rumor there's a rumor floated this week that they may wind up getting Tom Holland to be in the Venom sequel. Yep. Yep. To do to do both. Yep. Yeah. So that he may wind up being the bridge between the Spider Verse and the MCU. But which, the question is, those those Marvel ones that to happen? Think about that for one minute. Uh, does Marvel specifically feel comfortable with a North studio become giving the impression specifically that these movies are set in their universe when they're not? I don't think that the Marvel guys are going to have a big problem with it because they're not yeah. obliged to have anything in their movies that connects to that. Yeah. They don't have to reference it at all. No, they don't. They don't have to mention Venom. They don't have to mention anything going on with the Spider Verse. That can be entirely its own self-contained thing. It'll be like it'll be like being like the X Men were in Marvel Comics. Hmm. Well, I suppose we will ultimately have to see about that. But <laughs> of course, that musical cue means we are just about out of time. Uh, hey, real quick. Uh, MC Brooks, so you're on uh, Great Geek Refuge. How can people hear more and learn more about you? All right, so if you go to uh, greatgeekrefuge.com, you can go and find my podcast on there. It's called The Overflow. Uh, It's pretty much an interview series where I interview creatives and have them talk about the dope work that they do. Uh, I'm also a part of The Geek Sheets, which is our weekly podcast discussing all, all things nerdy that are in the news are excuse me are in the news that week um the last the last place you can find me too is i do music also you can uh just search my name on any of your streaming services uh, spotify app music title and you can find all of my music and stuff like that there you go all right and uh, roberto you're involved in all sorts of artist advocacy types of stuff yes right? i am you can basically find me on this as part of the cg society uh this is one of the forum leaders there and i'm also i'm part of the leadership of the local chapter of figura which is one of the world's largest computer graphics societies there you go all right and Drew Bittner, you are a writer, and uh, you're doing a whole bunch of stuff. Some stuff you can't tell us about because you have to kill us. Yeah, well, you know, what can I I say? Um, The short short answer is um, I'm doing periodic reviews for movies and things on adobe.com, courtesy of our friend Shireen. Um, I'm also doing a review or two once in a while for SFREVU, S-F-R-E-V-U.com. And... Just uh, getting some other writing projects hopefully lined up. There you go. Okay. And, of course, Fantastic Forum is also a television show. You can check us out here in Arlington on uh, Arlington Independent Media, Comcast Channel 69, Verizon Files Channel 38. We're on at 8 tonight. We're on at 8 tomorrow. Also, this show happens to re-air every Wednesday afternoon at uh, 3 p.m. So if you miss us, you can always check us out. Wednesdays at 3, and don't forget to come back next week, same bat time, same bat station, for another episode of Fantastic Forum. And if you can't get enough, visit our website at fantasticforum.tv. we got the TV shows, we got the radio shows, we've got pieces of the TV and radio shows. So uh, thanks for tuning in. Have a great weekend, people. 